This is Billy Corbin, co-founder of Rack and Tour, director of Cocaine Cowboys, The U, and Magic City Hustle, and you're listening to Lemon City Live. Lemon City Live is brought to you by Magic City Casino Highlight. The fastest game in the world has come to Magic City. We showcase the best features of the sport, combined with the state-of-the-art court, and the talents of our very own, homegrown athletes, like myself, for a highlight experience like never before. But guys, remember to live the highlight. What's up? Fresh is our turn, baby. Lemonheads, producer Fun Gus here with my co-host Denar Davis. What up, TD? What it do, Gussie? Man, one of those days that we all busy, man, but we still gotta give the people what they want. Oh yeah, we gotta give them something to talk about. Yeah, man, we are we are we're sans Edwin today. He has some personal stuff to take care of. He's 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 good. Don't worry about him. But yeah, man, so uh, we got we got a short show for you today. Still, so, got to, still got to do the show, man. The oh, people, yeah. The people want to hear us talk, so we got to give it to them. Of course they do, man. Everybody loves the sound of my voice, and they, they love even more the sound of your voice, Denard Davis. Nah, I, I think it, I like, <laughs> you like your voice more, Gus, but I think I like no way, man. compliment. Let me tell you, bro. When, when, we first, when I first started recording myself back in my early 20s when I was doing music and shit, I could not stand the sound of my voice, man. I, and I still, when I hear, whenever I hear myself, I don't like it. You know what I mean? I, I think I complimented you when I first met you. I was like, I, I like your. I told you I liked your voice on the radio. Like, yeah. Like when you used to talk, I thought it was. I thought you were more engaging with, you know, with how you spoke on the mic. I mean, yeah. You know, that, Edwin Edwin has a good voice too. Edwin does have you a know, good voice, and he's a talker. Yeah, so. I, yeah, he is. That's one thing he is. He is a talker. But I like it. <laughs> your voice is good for the radio. You're not a radio. You know how they tell you that you're not good for camera, but you're good for radio. Yeah. Man, you're trying to say you're ugly. You're not ugly. Go saying you got a good voice, man. So you're good. Oh, damn. I appreciate that, bro. I appreciate Probably my that. boy. And everybody knows if you follow Tenard Davis on uh, on Instagram, Tenard.Davis, then you know he ain't ugly. So. Ah! Like <laughs> we just compliment each other all night, dog. We just give. This yeah, is man. compliment each other all night, man. It's not talking about sports. We just tell them how, how beautiful we are. Oh, man. <laughs> We're two of the most beautiful uh, dudes in South Florida right now, man. <laughs> I know, man. That's especially, bro. Uh, South Florida's crazy, bro. Oh shit! It is, man. It is. South Florida is nuts. You know what else is nuts? What this else? This coronavirus, bro. What's up with it? What's up with this bro, coronavirus uh, shit, man? Yeah. It's shutting everything down. I mean, do you think people are overreacting, or is it, or is all this shit that's going on merited? You know, I, I want to say it's merited to a degree, but at, at the same time, I think it's. They're overhyping it because the government is not giving us enough about what, who are the demographics that the the, the coronavirus is killing. Like we know, you ha- if you have a weak immune system, you're vulnerable to uh, catch it and you know probably die. Uh, it's overseas, obviously. It, it came over here, but you know our kids affected, our blacks affected, our Mexicans. Like it's uh, they don't they're not giving you nothing. You know who who's who's the most affected? Women, uh, children. Uh, any, they say anybody over the age of sixty are more prone to. Yeah, I think sick, they have so. said that. I think they have said that it mostly affects older people. Yeah. You know what I mean? But also, but, yeah, like you but, said, if you have people, a weak immune people system, people being ridiculous. We're going to, you know, Costco's and to the 
the grocery stores and buying up all the, all the toilet, toilet paper. paper and hand sanitizer. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Yeah, man. You know, because the hand sanitizer company it just made a huge profit this week, bro. Oh, for sure. For sure. I should have bought uh, I should have bought stock in in uh in Dial. Yeah, I guess <laughs> every like everybody's getting raises in that company. Everybody's getting a bonus. Oh, hell yeah. Because they need to send the coronavirus, whoever the first person that got it, they need to send him a gift. <laughs> that, <laughs> For that, real, man. That would be super unethical. But uh yeah, I feel you on that, man. But yeah, man, it's it's a little crazy, man. What's it called? I think they have said that, yeah, it mostly affects older people or people with weak immune systems. I think they have said that children are less likely to be affected by it. But um yeah, it's it's I don't know. It's it's, it's, it's really it, weird. It sounds like a bad uh sinus infection. The way it's, it's like respiratory problems. Yeah. You know, when it's when it gets to another a phase of you get you get acute uh, pneumonia. You know, and that's where people were starting to perish. But you know, it's it's so funny. Like we had, we had the probably the most deadly disease come into the United States, and that was uh, Ebola. Yeah. And I remember everybody was going crazy, and that that disease is literally next to the Black Plague. You know, not to yeah. that degree, but it's dangerous. Yeah. You know, yeah more people, yeah. more people are dying from diabetes, and and the 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 typical flu than this coronavirus. And what's so funny is that, you know, you know what uh, tuberculosis is, TB, right? Yeah. You know, they're canceling Ultra here. They're canceling Kyocho. Uh, they're canceling all these events that it's a, a large amount of people at. And you can get TB by just somebody coughing in the same room you're in. If yeah, you man, don't have, If you wild. haven't gotten your shots. It's wild. So, yeah, so it's like I feel like the government is over... Like I can't say that they're, they they should do this, but at the same time they should be more transparent on like, you know, who are the people that are likely to get affected. Yes, you know, it's so like be more transparent with it. They're, they're vague. So let's but let's be let's be conspiracy theorists for a second here. All right, mm -hmm. super uh, uneducated on this subject and uh, very irresponsible. But fuck it, we're gonna talk about it. Uh, mm -hmm. I think <laughs> I think the government has to balance between. Between putting information out there or, or putting too much information out there and protecting their people because look at the, look at how this has affected like the stock market right now that's, mm -hmm. it's 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 mm -hmm. it's crashing not crashing but it's doing really bad you know what i mean it, it's it's mm -hmm. it's record lows and um so I think you know the the government's going to try and and uh put some positivity out there or or to or to make it seem like it's not as bad as it really is maybe so that they can also control the economy they don't want the economy to crash at the same time you know what i'm saying yeah and trump went on record today talking about how the economy is strong still and people are still spinning and you know, of course he's going to try to save face about oh yeah the, the fact that you know that's his whole thing is business but it, this this thing is going to run its course you know, like summertime is going to be something new. You know, we might be going to war in July. You know, saying it's like something like Ugh. the coronavirus was spoken about in December of last year, and yeah. they was making fun of it to a degree. Uh, and I remember seeing something on CNN, or I can't, re I can't remember what television company. But I think it was CNN that they had a little drone following this this old Chinese woman in the area that it first originated from. 
Wuhan. And literally the drone was between like 10 to 15 feet from her. And every time she kept walking, the drone would follow her slowly and she'll turn around. She just started smiling. Like she, you could tell she was like not sure what it was. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And you know, the person was commentating over the her walking. She had something in her hand. And that was like an eerie moment of looking at that. That was like some resident evil type shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's it, it, it's just the government, like they can do better, bro. We gotta do better. Like what just yeah. giving information out, keeping people at ease. I saw something on TV today with you know, parents at some school in Memphis. Uh, spraying the kids with Lysol and and one ah, guy came yeah. in with a whole body bag, like yep. a, a bag that he can't get a. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Yeah, bubble boy. Yeah, it's this is, you know, and they play on the ignorance of people and the, the stupidity of how people think. You know, it's it's just bad, man. Like there's so yeah. many other diseases out there you can catch. That yeah. your house is dirty enough to, to create a goddamn movie. <laughs> so. But like you look at other countries, they're taking it very seriously. Like Italy, uh, they were they didn't let fans go to any sporting events, and then they eventually suspended all sporting events until April third. I think even schools are suspended until April third, and a bunch of other functions. Uh, I think bars have to close by like six, or restaurants and bars have to close by like six p.m. The latest. You can't travel in and out of cities or in and out of the country. I think even uh, without it being an emergency or something <coughs> like that. So. North Korea apparently shot and killed somebody that tested positive for the coronavirus. Yeah, damn. I mean, they've killed people for less, right? So. <laughs> yeah, they, they literally killed, like, apparently when a person tested positive, they shot and killed him or him or her on, on site. Ain't that some they shit, They didn't even man. play with it. Ain't that some shit. North Korea's wild, but, bro. If North Korea, like, they, they do business they always, bro. You don't like it, then die. Yeah. Hey, you can't leave, so nope. you just die. Yep. Like, That's some shit. No, the cor- by July or June, this is going to be something that we look... You know how when the New Year comes in, they said things that happened in 2020 and they go make coronavirus a topic all the time. Oh, yeah. You know, we remember January until April, coronavirus was like the topic of our uh, four-month period and it had people hysteria. They go show people going through Walmart buying all the shit like Black Friday. <laughs> you know, it's, yep. Oh, yeah. I just hope and wish that somebody who is competent, has credibility, comes out on whatever network and gives us a clear understanding what this virus is doing, how we're going to stop it, and who is it, who is it, who is it affecting. Because I, the people in the fucking the hood worrying about corona, the coronavirus not coming to the hood. No, nah, I mean you, you said it. Uh, you said it last week, right? The black people don't get coronavirus. Yeah, I'm saying they coming <laughs> to the hood. You know, you got Lala, you know, spraying her damn son down with fucking Lysol, and come on, man, like Lala this, was that's doing so that. Annoying, bro. Lala was doing that. I'm just saying. I'm just making up a name. Like, oh, okay. I thought you were talking about Lala. You said the uh, Carmelo Anthony's wife. Nah, man. I'm just saying Lala. Like I just feel like her name was Lala. <laughs> oh, all right. I was fucking about to say spraying her kid down, man. Lala, Lala right, was good, you know, it's it's the NBA. <laughs> LeBron James said it a couple of days ago that you know he plays for fans. Yeah. And one of the reporters asked him, uh, you know, the NBA is talking about not letting fans into the game. That's right. Uh, to prevent people from you know getting a coronavirus. LeBron says, "I, I you ain't gonna find you ain't gonna see me on the court." You know, I play yeah. for the fans. <laughs> he ended up you walking back saying? those comments, but yeah, he did say that. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's only right. 
Yeah, they it's, it's wild, bro. But I mean, but they're just you know, they they didn't say that it was gonna happen, but they were, they were saying that you know, just in case, be prepared for this is the possibility sort of thing because it's ha- you know happened in Italy, it's happening in in uh, in Spain, some Champions League games over there. Um, but you you know, I, I really, I really really think is that the coronavirus has always been around, and I feel like we don't like you have to specifically test for the coronavirus. Yeah. Like you can you can test for the flu and say okay the person has the flu, but they're not specifically tested for the coronavirus because you have to do a different kind of test and send it off and it comes back. I feel like the coronavirus is, virus has always been around. It is a form of SARS. It's a bad case of of having a rep- rest, mm. respiratory issue, and we're making it bigger than what it is for the bottom line. I got a feeling they're going to send some vaccines out. The insurance company's going to make a killing, and you know we, we're going to everybody has to get vaccinated. You know, for the mm-hmm. coronavirus, and it's going to jumpstart the economy because you know whatever company has the right to, to make the product, you know, you we have to buy it. You know what I'm saying? Damn, I love these conspiracy uh, theories, man. I really feel it. You know, I really feel. Well, also too, China knew that they had this little uh, chemical weapon, this little old lady with uh, corona, and they sent a, a a human missile to the United States or whatever country, and then it catapulted and spread it. And that was China way of saying, fuck you, America. You know, we can fuck up your, your economy and everybody else. What if we chi- can still make our money. What if China comes out with the vaccine? Do you trust it? <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> to be honest with you, <laughs> I, the vaccine is probably already made. It's probably whatever. It's just a Z-Pack shot. Remember the Z-Pack? You ever t- took a Z-Pack? No, nah, man. What's that? A Z-Pack is a, a, a cocktail of medication. Oh, and if you're sick, then uh, you can go to any kind of uh, um, urgent care, and the doctor could uh, prescribe you a CPAC. You go get it. It's a whole bunch of different type of pills you take in. It oh. cleans out your immune system. Legit. Oh shit! Damn, maybe I have taken that. I don't know. I've had. I've had. Yeah, a... I, I took it a couple times when I was in yeah? all. Damn. Yeah, they gave it to me on site though. You know, I didn't have to go see a, a physician or nothing. That's crazy. Medicine is crazy, man. It's not, but the thing about it, medicine is bad for us, though, man, because we're making ourselves immune to these diseases, and no, the diseases are getting immune to the to the uh, to the medication. Yeah, and yeah. eventually, you know, we these things are gonna uh, mutate, and we can't fight off anything with our body. Yeah, man. I mean, well, maybe it's maybe it'll be a boring fight. Between our immune system and uh <laughs> and these bacteria or what or viruses ah. that's out there, you know what I mean? Like this past Saturday between Adesanya and Yoel Romero. Ah, that they, uh, who was the coronavirus and who was the vaccine? Ooh, <laughs> nah, that's that's that ain't for me to decide. Uh, Romero, Romero, I feel like he was the vaccine, but yeah, you're, down south, three hundred five, dude, Yoel Romero. He's our guy. He uh. He took on uh, Israel Adesanya. What do you think? What did What do you think? What did you think about the fight, man? I, I thought it was boring. It was boring, but Israel, he played it smart, man. Yeah, you can't like uh, Romero is one of those guys that if he if he touches you, you you go get you, you go night night. Oh yeah. So and he's a really really good wrestler. So mm-hmm. you know he's Israel. An, he, I think he's an, he an Olympic gold is, medalist. He he knew that eventually. Uh, Romero was going to start, you know, being desperate and attacking him, and he was trying. He kept kicking him, 
You know, yeah. he, that, he said to himself that leg would look bad. And then Romero tried to play it off uh, in the press conference like nothing was wrong. But if you looked at his leg, it was bad, yo. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad, but, I mean, on, honestly, didn't do anything to him. Maybe it looks bad, but he if you can dance salsa after a fight, then obviously your leg ain't that bad. Yeah, well, you know he's an animal, man. Yeah. Like he, can, he, can, he can probably get shot in the leg and he'll take <laughs> his kid to school, you know, work out, <laughs> and then go to the hospital. Yeah. So this yeah. dude is an animal, man. Yeah, I really man. feel like the fight should have been a draw, though. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Because I feel like Israel didn't do enough to win it. But when you're the champ, yeah, the 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 guy who's trying to take the belt has to convincingly beat you and not leave it to the judge. And I don't think Israel gave Romero a chance to even try to beat him because he just kept yeah. kept his distance. See, I, I it agree. Was a good fight. I agree you with know, that. Israel reminds me of Floyd Mayweather, though. Yeah, I agree with that. But if you if you're just gonna run the entire time, I don't think that they should give you the decision. I think they should just make it a draw, and you you, you don't lose your belt. In a draw, you know what I'm saying. You still didn't lose the fight technically, so. But I think it it it'll force a rematch or whatever. You know what I mean. I feel like this way it's kind of a cop out. Like okay, no, it's, not, it's not gonna be a rematch. No, nah, he's gonna is. fight this dude from Brazil, who's literally an, another level animal, like yeah. and Romero. Yeah. Like I saw this dude, dog. I didn't even know this dude existed. Like when they when they show him on camera and they show his highlights. You know how when you watch Mike Tyson like punch out and like each level the guy gets harder. Yeah, he's the he he looks like the guy that's at the next level. Like Damn. he gets harder. This dude is a, like he's a real animal. Bro. Well, them, them Brazilians, man, they don't play when it comes to MMA. Like he that that motherfucker gonna be a problem for uh, Israel, man, for real. Well, well hopefully it's an like exciting a real fight. problem. Hope, uh, hopefully, he can't run for him. Nah, yes, that's what I'm hoping for. Hopefully, it's a fight where you you can't run away from the guy, where Israel Adesanya has to square up, or he has to attack or do something, or else he's gonna get his ass beat. You know what I mean? All the fights Israel did, you know, he really dominated these guys. Uh, yeah. it's like he's the he's uh, the lower weight of Jones Bones. This yes. dude is nice, man. Yeah, he is nice. He's really nice, man. Like I, I, I started following him on Instagram after the fight because I wanted. To, I kind of looked at his page and I was like, he, he seems legit. He seems the guy that yeah. what he says, he, he speaks, he does, and I can yes. respect that. I, I really don't try to follow a lot of, you know, celebrities or athletes because, you know, I, I just don't. Because you are one. But, not really. I mean, hush, Gus. <laughs> this, but this dude, like, I really want to know more about him. Know his his strategies each week on what he does and if yeah. he lives the life that he says he lives on his social media page. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm a fan. I'm, I'm a fan about, of his. I'm all about like originality. I yeah. think he's original. Yeah, man. I'm a fan of his uh, you know, I like how he he does his little dances before the fights and all that shit. He's I like his persona. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I, that but that's and I think if you're going to pay if pay-per-view if you want to be on pay-per-view and honestly you have a strategy Fair enough. Cool. Yeah. And you don't have to care about the fans. Cool. At the same time, give us something, man. Like, be ballsy. Yeah. You know, bring that swag to the fight a little bit. And then when you see Romero starts to, you know, get too aggressive on you, then go back to your game plan. I can't tell, you know, I see, I can't tell a fighter what to do. I'm not even a fighter. I don't know how to even get into a ring and fight like that. Yeah, well, maybe you know, it's, but I'm paying my money to, to watch the fight. I want to see more of a fight. Maybe the it's fight on. Uh, that was way more entertaining. Maybe yeah, it was. Maybe it's on UFC though. Maybe they should incentivize 
knockouts or submissions, you know, like you get a bonus if you knock the guy out or if you submit him or if you choke him out, whatever. You get like a uh, $500,000 bonus or something. I don't know. Maybe they do. Have, maybe... They do have that. They do have that? Yeah. Do they still run it? Yeah. Uh, like if you, so, like it's so many, so, so it's so many fights. Only one person can get that bonus. So whoever had the knockout of the night gets that bonus. So okay, if two okay. people get it, obviously it's up for grabs. But Dana White decides on who had the punch of the night. And it was the fight three. It was the fight not before the main fight. It was the fight before that, uh-huh. uh, before I f- uh, fell asleep. That those go, those guys were going toe to toe. Literally, and both of them was like in the like in the, in a wobbly chicken. It was in a chicken dance when I was heard. And then the other guy just overcome his like crazy brain and knocked the dude out. And that fight was so good. They gotta give that that uh yeah. that knockout of the night to that guy. But they do have it. I yeah, but I think fight with the, every championship um, fight should have that. But so my 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 agent uh, Maki Kawa and Abraham Kawa, uh-huh. you know First Abraham round? came to Georgia one time because USC had a fight at uh at an arena the Gwinnett Arena uh, where I live at. Yeah. And Abraham was like, "Hey, you want to roll with me?" I'm like, "Yeah." So I went to see the fight. And it's it's pretty intense, man. Like it, it wasn't sold out because it wasn't a, a major fight, but it was like one of those like a like an NBA game, like the rap, like the the uh, who's the sorry team, the Suns versus Utah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you get an experience. Utah's pretty good. Man. Utah what? Utah's not bad. Yeah, but n- nobody goes to watch their games. No, 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 they're Utah. So, but yeah, so I got I got a chance to meet Dana White, you know, and it was pretty cool. That's what's up, uh, man. Those guys and um, after the post. Those first round management guys, they got a they got a, a strong foothold in in UFC. Yeah, it, it, man, I, I bro, only if I could tell you that story, man. So first <laughs> round management started with me. Damn, I, I am the original client of first round management. Where? Two thousand two thousand and six, bro. Two thousand and six, Malky Kawa, uh, who was a he was in real estate at the time. Uh, he talked to my cousin Frank about becoming a, a agent, football agent, and you know every story of success has its grimy moments. Yeah, you know I, he was hustling, bro. When I say hustling, hustling, Malky will tell you himself he was dead broke, dead fucking broke, and you know not no TMI. You know it's it's he it was one time you know he wrote he wrote me a bad check. And we got into it about it, you know what I'm saying? Because he had no money. Yeah. But he was hustling. And I remember his brother, who was kind of Abraham now, who was kind of like suspect in being in the business. He went and did his own thing because he wanted to, you know, make money. I think he was like uh, doing something with uh, shipping medical supplies or some shit like that to hospitals. Like, I'm not 100 percent sure. So eventually, Malky mm-hmm. convinced them, like, hey, that's. Let's do this together, man. Because now Abraham was, but he kind of like had one foot in and one foot out. Now Abraham is only MMA. Yeah. Abraham controls MMA. Malky does NFL. And the first round management brand, bro, it's legitly respectable when it comes to uh, the sports industry. Industry. And Malky can tell you himself, is you know if they ever do a documentary about it, that he had Devin Hester in his hands. And Devin mm. Hester flicked out him on the last minute, and it crushed Malky. Oh, crushed him, crushed him. Damn man. And it was all on me. It was like TD man, I need you to make a team. Like I like, I need you to make a team, bro. 
Yeah. And the draft came up. I got dra- I got picked up by the Colts in the, uh, the free agency. And I was literally sitting next to Malky and I cried in his fucking shoulders. Because I was so, I was so scared of life after football. And the first thing I kept, I kept thinking about was, I, I'm not going to be able to pay my rent if I don't get picked up. Like, literally, I, the, the draft was like on the 25th or something like that. And rent was due. Damn. I had $37 in my bank account, bro. That's why. And I had to borrow out money from Malky. And I paid him back once I got on the team. That he paid my wild, rent, that man. Month. And he wasn't, he had no money himself. So, yeah. you know, first round management, they, you know, they got Jones Bones, they got uh, Romero, yeah. they got, they got, uh, they got George Mosvidal. George, George Mosvidal. Uh, they have uh, NFL players. They got, um, uh, I can't really remember any names right now. I'm, I'm drawing a blank, but they have respectable names in the NFL. Yeah. And they're, they're in boxing now, too. They just recently went into boxing. That's so, what's up, man. You know, it's, you know, big shout out to them, man. You know, Abraham and Malky, man. They, they're the definition of hard work, bro. Right. And persistence. Shout out to first round management. Every, like, the thing about it, they, they, they married, they, when they, when Malky, when Malky went into it, he had to marry the game, bro. Yeah. Because he could have easily been like, fuck this shit. Easily. Losing, this dude was losing money, though. Like, I'm saying losing money, like fucking losing money. Yeah. And he just, he stayed persistent all. And Malky, he has a story. He doesn't, he tries to stay humble. His, his, he's showboat. He's like a very showboaty guy when it comes to being around everybody, but he doesn't talk about how he got to where he is. He doesn't like talking about it. Man, you need to bring his ass on the show, man. But he just lets it speak for itself. Invite him to the show, bro. I can, man, to be honest with you, dog, he's at, I'm I'm just being straight up. I can act him. It's like a, 40%, 30% 30% chance he'll do it. All right. I like but I'll ask him, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, Malky, he's on some other shit now, bro. Like, if uh, I call him up, he'll text me, he'll call me back. But I say, hey, Malky, can you do a show for me, man? He'll be like, you know, TDI, I'll try, man, but I'm busy. Yeah. And that's his way of saying no. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. Maybe one day. Maybe one day we'll be big enough. Yeah, and that's what, you know, that's what it is, you know, Gus. It's, it sucks that we have to be in that position to get people to you know, give us the opportunity to interview them. But at the same time, you know, that's the journey. Yeah. You know, and, and if you're really a fan of, of, of podcasts, if you're an athlete, you're going to do it regardless. Whatever podcast platform they have, you're going to do it just because you want to speak to the fans. Yeah, man. Uh, speaking of agents and contracts and all that shit, how about um, you were telling me about the Cowboys offering Dak Prescott a contract, but uh, it's still up in the air? Yeah, so I, saw, I saw something today on the sports tickers, uh, you know, with Fox and ESPN that uh, the Dow- Dallas Cowboys, you know, submitted an offer sheet to Dak Prescott. Yeah. And the previous one apparently was, you know, $33 million a year with a $100 million guarantee. Damn, he turned and, that down, bro? Bro, I was like, what the? That, that's the previous offer. Yeah. So this one, so man, like, I don't even want to know what this one is. So this one has to be 125 guaranteed with $40 million a year because he wants to be making $40, $40 million. Yeah. And he I wants to he be wants making to be... $40 million without having a Super Bowl, not win the playoff game. Yeah. You know, I, I can't I can't knock him for wanting to get his money. Fair enough. Oh, no, yeah. yeah. He has Do to be you, reasonable, bro. though. Yep. 
the, the only is, thing you, yeah. the only difference is because you're playing on the most uh watched team in the NFL. So yep. they have the money to give you. But Jerry Jones feels like, and I know he's not gonna say it, he feels like, okay, what have you done for the organization when it comes to getting us to the next level and the playoffs or making us a Super Bowl contender? Because everybody blames the quarterback when he lose, and everybody blames the quarterback. No, they don't want to blame the quarterback. They want to give the quarterback credit when they win, but they try to shy away from the quarterback when they lose. You, you just got to take you got to take care of the champ, bro. Yep, yep. But, but honestly, I, yeah, yeah. Do you, you, you think he? Does, do you think he earned? Do you think he earned to make himself the highest paid quarterback in the NFL? Hell no. Highest paid? Definitely not. Paid. Definitely not. You know what I'm saying? He had like like you said, he hasn't won. He hasn't won a Super Bowl. Has he won a playoff game? I don't know. To be honest, with you, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know when the Dallas Cowboys won a playoff game. They had a bye week. Does that count? Yeah. Uh, no, that doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They they had they didn't play in the wild card, so that they guaranteed yeah. a win to go to the next round. Yeah. Now I don't have a problem with him being one of the best uh, paid quarterbacks because there are not like like I've said in the past, there's not. 32 uh, uh, starting caliber quarterbacks in the NFL. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, mm-hmm. pay the man. Pay him. But highest paid quarterback in the league? Come on, bro. He's, he's not even top five. I don't Hold know. Hold on bro. one second, guys. He's I was not... looking at the thing. All right. Okay, yeah. So, you know, the typical guys are the same. You know, you got Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. You got Matt, Matt, uh, Matt Ryan. No, these guys, Matt Ryan should be the paid highest paid, but he took his team to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Almost won it. It is not uh, his fault they lost. To a degree it is. Nah, come on. That's not it was not. It's to not a degree his fault, it is. Dude. To a degree. Like when you're when you're when you're the quarterback, you're in control of the game. So you know you have a lead. Uh, the the offensive coordinator sends down the plays. Yeah. But you have to methodically know that okay, this is only so much time. How do I keep the ball in bounds? You know what plays I could because Matt Matt Ryan has a checkoff sheet. Yeah. So he if he doesn't like something, he could check it off. Like, hey, check, run play. You know what I'm saying? Like it's that's not that's right. not well, look, well, well, how quarterback about... has like 30 percent of the blame. All right, you can you can give him some of the blame, but Falcons blew that big ass lead. This past Super Bowl, Niners blew that big ass lead. Blew that lead. You know, yeah. you know what they have in common? The same coach. Shanahan, bro. Uh, Shanahan. Shanahan. But it's not. See, I, man, that's not good. You know, Andy Reid could won the Super Bowl in his life, depending on it. Andy Reid was a washed-up quarterback. I mean, coach. Uh-huh. They felt like he only can take a pin to the playoff, but he can't win the Super Bowl. Like that's not. That's not. That's not shit on Shanahan yet. That's kind of around shit on Shanahan. Ah. <laughs> like that's not. That's not though, because he is a really good coach. He is. He is you know, a good he coach. Took, he, he he won that division. His team easily could have been undefeated going into the Super Bowl goals, Gus. Like this, that season they had, they lost a lot of close games. Yeah. So, um, but even that quarterback on their team is the high, one of the highest paid players in the, in the NFL, and he hasn't done a schniggany snack. So you talking about uh, uh that, Garoppolo, uh Jimmy Jimmy G, yeah, who I was who I was keyword a huge fan of until I saw him play in the playoffs. He could not like I feel like he really two steps back in the playoffs. It's like he plays scared, like to make plays. I, I think it's they like, just, uh, I think they were just, uh, what's it called, leaning on the run game in the playoffs. I don't think they were, 
I don't think it was anything that had to do with Jimmy G per se. You know what I mean? But even though they was leaning on the run game, you know, certain passes he was throwing, and they was doing too many gimmick plays. Okay. You know, when you got to do gimmick plays, that means you don't trust your quarterback, bro. Yeah. You don't see people. Yeah. <laughs> You, we're gonna uh, see Jimmy G playing baseball play in a few years. Game. Like the Tennessee Titans did, like a giving play every other game, because they didn't trust Tannehill. Yeah, they didn't touch. They didn't trust uh, Marcus Mariota. Nope. So you don't really see the Patriots doing too many gimmicks unless they like down by three and they want to do something spontaneous. But, but I'm saying like it's Dak Prescott. He's young. He has upside. Who else is going to replace him unless they get Tom Brady? They ain't happening. No. Nah, you don't nah. want to start over with a quarterback in the draft. So what are your options? Pay the man. Yeah, they got to pay and him. And then you can always – like you can put some stipulations in the contract. If he doesn't, you know, meet meet him, you know, cut him loose. And they go into the draft. Whatever hot quarterback that's coming in the draft, you just draft him. So they, they lucked out with getting him in the fourth round. I think he earned the opportunity to make himself one of the, one of the highest-paid quarterbacks. Yeah. But, you know, if Dallas wants to play hardball, you know who they bring in to talk? Who? Teddy Bridgewater, bro. What do you think? You think? You I, think? Like I, like, I like Teddy. Man. I like Teddy, I, I too. I want to make sure I, I say that before I give what I got to give. All right, all right. T- Teddy Bridgewater reminds me of Geno Smith, man. Really? Like, I, I just, I, yes. Like, don't, I, like, I like Teddy. I think okay. Teddy is, is a, he did exactly what he was supposed to do when Drew Brees went down. Yeah. And he was 5-0. and oh, And he made good throws. And he was playing really well with the Vikings until he got hurt. He probably still will be a Viking. Yeah. But I just, when I see him play, he reminds me of, of Geno Smith. I don't know why. Not because they're black, but their game seems <laughs> extremely predictable. You know, when you think of you quarterbacks think, who... I don't know. I think they have different games, man. Huh? I think they have different games. Like I, I, I feel like Teddy Bridgewater... Plays a more um, a smarter game than Geno Smith. I think Geno Smith <clears throat> relies too much on on his athleticism, and he's not like he he's not at that athletic um what they call it. He doesn't have that that kind of skill <clears throat> to to only rely yeah, like, on his like athleticism. Yeah, he's not he's not he's not a Lamar Jackson. When Geno when Geno Smith came out of West Virginia, uh huh. They, they he I remember he threw like seven touchdowns in, in one game. They was like saying he was a guaranteed first round pick and all that stuff. Yeah, and I knew he wasn't a first round pick because he to me he was trash. Like I like I just didn't like the way he played football. And I'm not trying to be uh, you know you know down in his play as a quarterback. He can play. He can play. He's not a starting quarterback. So when the Jets started him, I'm like, what the frack? <laughs> when Geno when 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 Teddy Bridgewater was Remember the Vikings moved up the draft him. He was he yeah, fell yeah. out the first round, Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. And the draft the, the Vikings moved up to get him like the 32th pick of the draft. So he was literally wasn't fit to go into the first round. But when he got drafted, I can't remember who was the quarterback at the time at the I think it was probably Matt Castle. I'm just throwing at the Vikings? There. I don't know. But no, with the Vikings. Oh man, I think they had I feel like it was Matt Castle. Was it? I felt like it was, because remember he got oh. the money with Kansas City. You're right. No, I, I was um, uh, I was about to say the guy that was there before Kirk Cousins, but no, he, yeah. Case Keenum. 
Yeah, I was about to say Case Keenum, but no, he, he was there nah, before nah, Cousins, not before. Nah, was right, nah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Teddy Bridgewater going to Dallas, I think it'll be a downgrade, a downgrade for the guys. Like I, I, I personally think Dak Prescott is a better quarterback than Geno Smith. Okay. Mobile then you mean then Teddy Bridgewater? Throwing, you mean? Yeah. Uh, I see, who, who did I say? You My said Geno Smith. Yeah, uh, Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> I think he's a better yeah. quarterback than Teddy Bridgewater. Okay. So maybe a downgrade for the but, Cowboys. But that would be a good. That would be a good uh negotiation tactic for your for the Cowboys. Of course, of you know? course. They can they can apply pressure to you know Dax and if you don't want to, we just bring Geno in and hopefully if I'm sorry, not Geno uh, Teddy. Uh Teddy Bridgewater <laughs> and hopefully he can figure it out. Man, but, that that uh that comparison is stuck in your head, dude. <laughs> I know, dog, because they really remind me of each other. They really do. They but really, you know really do. You I, can I make... don't know if both of them wear I know uh, Bridgewater wears a glove when he throws. Yeah, I feel like Geno Smith does the same thing too. Ah, uh, all right. So, but you can make the argument that the Cowboys will be more successful with Bridgewater than with Dak, and it's only because of this. When you pay a quarterback and you make him the highest paid quarterback in the league, you now have less money to distribute to the rest of the squad. So you have a depleted 100%. team. Yeah, you have a depleted team with the quarterback that you just paid. And sometimes you have a great quarterback like Aaron Rodgers that can make up for the depleted team, but Dak Prescott is not that guy. He needs a team. He needs a squad behind him. Now, if yeah, you sign, but he did have a squad. You know, let's think about that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He had he, he, Yep. He had Amari Cooper. That and he still, traded a first round for that he didn't even bring back yet. Yeah. That's crazy that they gave him a first round to the the uh, Raiders to get Amari Cooper. They're not signing him back. That is crazy. That's that that's stupid. Dallas is man. So, Dallas has always been. Man, that, they got. They, they just got. They, they got stuff to throw. Like they. Those Dallas knows that they're they're never gonna lose money when it comes to fans loyalty. Oh yeah, yeah. But they. they but, what's his name? Uh, Jerry Jones needs to stop being the GM because he's he's wild, man. Like he like he. I think he has a good eye for players. You know what I mean? Like he knows which players are gonna perform well. But when it comes cool. to managing. Uh, like the salary cap and all that shit. I feel like he doesn't do a good job, man. He, I think he gets rid of guys. I think he's too prideful, maybe, when he comes to negotiating but with these guys. His, his sons are in more control of the salary cap and uh, all those other things. Jerry is more like the spokesman, and you know he makes some calls. I think whatever decision he make, his kids they run it by him first, and he just gives the stamps of approval. But Jerry lets his kids run the ship. You know, Jerry right now is just catwalking it because he can live off those three Super Bowl rings. But, yeah. but Jerry's—if you want to say Jerry is the the the, the uh, trigger man—he's doing a great job. You know, they have a great offensive line. They got Zeke. Yeah. They got Amari. You know, they had a tight. They got a decent tight end with uh, uh, Jason Witten. And the defense is strong. I just think when the playoffs comes around, they play against that. You know, those teams that are in their division, the Eagles, the Redskins, they just like brain have brain farts. You know, it, it, yeah. Dallas Cowboys are exactly what we what we know they are. You know, they they implode when pressure is given. Did and they, they had the opportunity to win I, just one game to put themselves in the playoff against yeah. a, a, an opponent that they know their their playbook just as much as they know they play. The the other team knows their playbook. And they couldn't finish it. So Did, is that Dak is that Dak Prescott's? No, no because they maybe fired, it's uh, Jason Garrett. Maybe but. yeah, maybe it was Jason Garrett's fault. Did they replace him already? 
Uh, yeah, they got uh, the old coach from the Green Bay Packers. I just forgot his name. Oh, Mike McCarthy. That's right. Mike McCarthy, yes. That's right. That's right. That's right. So, but yeah, it, man, I, I, maybe he'll turn Ma- things is around. Is Mike McCarthy the answer? I don't know. Maybe maybe Jason Garrett was the the reason that they weren't doing well. You know, we we'll see. We'll see Garrett, the season. He went to the New York Giants. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see, man. It, should that get paid? Yes. And they'll stop dragging your feet, Cowboys. You already paid Zeke. You know, Amari's probably going to walk. So they crazy, man. Yeah, they they crazy. They give up. I mean, you can't. You can't you can't overpay receivers, but you give you give up giving up a first round for a guy. Just how many years yeah. did he play at Dallas? Three, yeah. two or three? They only got two years of Amari. Just two but, years. Yeah. All right, there you go. You gotta you gotta pay him something. You know what I mean? But well, yeah, Dak. They probably got the money. Pay Dak. Just don't pay him to be the highest paid quarterback in the league because he does not. He he did not earn deserves that. it. Yeah. He did. He didn't deserve. It. He doesn't deserve to be highest paid. If he won nah. the Super Bowl, then yeah, like Joe Flacco that year, there he he bet on himself. Yeah, exactly. You no, know, if that want to bet on himself, no more power to you, bro. Yeah. All right. Just one more thing before before we head out of here, TD. Um, everybody knows Inter Miami started their season a couple of weeks ago. They lost one nil to LAFC. The opener. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they lost the opener to LA at LAFC. And then uh, last weekend, they they lost uh, they lost a, a close one. It was a close one to DC United. They were actually winning one zero, and then uh, they went up two zero. But the goal was was uh, taken away by VAR because uh, defender Torres he uh, he touched the ball with his hands, and you know you can't do that in soccer. <laughs> mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I thought you could. Nah, man. Only the goalie could do that. <laughs> TD, you should you should have played soccer, bro. Man, sometimes I wish I could, dog. Yeah. Like be like surgical with my feet like that. Yeah. I I, th- I think I said this to a lot of people. I think soccer players are the most athletic guys on the, in, in sports. Well, the 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 data shows that they run the most amount the of most. the the most distance in in a game. I think I think I, the, if you can if you can manipulate with a, if you can manipulate a ball. With your feet through people, that their legs are flinging everywhere. You just yeah. like do 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 right through them and kick a ball up to like forty miles an hour, and it hooks. Man, I think that's that that's a special skill set you gotta have. Oh that. yeah, man. That's, and I hope we got nuts. one of those players that can do that on our team in Miami. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, uh, Pizarro. He's uh the guy that we signed, the Mexican national. He scored. Inter Miami's uh, first goal of the season of or of, of in history actually, mm-hmm. uh, this past Saturday against DC United, and um, yeah, it looked like it, it looked like uh, Miami was gonna take the game. Then when they went when they went up two to zero against DC United, but uh, then that goal was taken away. This guy was given a red card, and DC United scored almost immediately after this guy was red carded, and then after that they were awarded a penalty. Like in in three minutes, they they went from down one zero to up two to one. So. Damn, just like that. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. But uh, no. I think fans are actually excited after watching these two games because Inter-Miami, man, for being a brand-new expansion team, uh, only practicing for a few weeks before the season started, they actually look pretty good, man. They look pretty decent. So uh, we're actually going to get to see them in person this coming Saturday at uh, Inter-Miami Stadium, which is where the old Lockhart Stadium in Fort Lauderdale was on the same grounds. Uh, which is crazy. Me and me and Edwin were talking about this today. When we started Lemon City, the very first 
uh, sports team that gave us coverage was the Fort Lauderdale Strikers, and they played at Lockhart Stadium. Wow. Right? Yeah. So um, Edwin was saying that when we started Lemon City, one of the things that he hoped to do was grow Lemon City to the point that when we get an MLS team, we can cover their first game and cover their games and all that shit. That was one of one of the goals for Lemon City. So it's it's pretty awesome to see this come full circle where we covered uh, the Fort Lauderdale Strikers at Lockhart Stadium, and now we are covering uh, Inter Miami's first game on the old grounds of Lockhart Stadium. How about that? That's pretty cool, man. That's yeah. pretty cool, man. Yeah, dude. You know, that 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 tells you the process and you know how you know it's a lot has changed since the Mississippi Live has started, and now we have our own MLS team. Uh, hopefully, we can cover it, and hopefully, we have a winning team so it could be an, enjoyable. Oh yeah, uh, because they, I love the jerseys. Like we were talking about this last week. You know, yeah. I like the jerseys. Y'all guys didn't, but I, I really like it. Yeah, I mean, I like, so. I like the jerseys up close, but uh, I don't know the white shirt with the pink shorts. Uh, when you see it on TV, it just it looks kind of weird. I like, I, I like the black uh uniform better. Okay. Yeah. Everybody likes black, don't Gus? Of course, Ooh, man. Shit. Once you go black, you know what they say. Yeah, well, like, <laughs> like, but we gotta remix it, man. We gotta put the pink. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, man. That's this this Saturday. We'll be out there. Look for uh, my post game recap. You know I'm writing. I'm writing it. Uh, it's gonna be. It's gonna be popping, man. That's just. Ah, that's gonna be crazy. That stadium is gonna get crazy, man. It's sold out. I can is imagine. Is Gus wearing the old the old jersey from the Fusion? Ed, Edwin, yeah, I think Edwin's gonna wear the his Fusion jersey. Yeah, did he agree to it? Okay, cool. Yeah, I think so. I think so. You better. You better, man. Yeah, that's, that'd he's be, that'd be stupid if he didn't. Yeah, man. <laughs> All right, before we head out, I'm going to go ahead and we're going to bring on Isabel Rue, who is the VP of Development for PSG Academy here in the United States. All right, Lemonheads, I'm here with Isabel Rue, VP of Development for PSG Academy in the United States. How are you, Isabel? Nice to meet you. I'm very well, thank you. Great, great. So let's uh, let's get right into it. Um the Paris Saint-Germain here in the United States, they've built an academy uh, for player development. And so tell me, what's the vision of the program? Well, uh, it's going to be, uh, um, it's an exclusive program. It's going to be limited this year to 100 kids. Uh, it's a pro-residential program, 50 girls, 50 kids. The idea is to try to create three teams, U14, U16, U18. It's going to be a very exclusive and nurturing program. Okay, yeah, so you're building from the youth, and eventually will it be open to, to like, semi-pro or lower division? Is there Are there plans to maybe um, to start a, a USL team or something like that down here? Hello. Um, we're, so you, there's a couple of things I cannot say. Let's not go. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. One step at a time. Yeah. Right now, what we're doing, we're coming very aggressively. We have mm -hmm. the academy here in Florida. We have academy all over the states. We're growing the academy. Mm -hmm. uh, the residential program, we're coming here in Florida. We have decided to invest in the U.S. very heavily. We are growing and we're developing uh, and trying to develop talents and players in, uh, in America. We are the only academy, international academy, that operates a 70 million U.S. dollar soccer complex oh, in wow. South Florida. And uh, so, yes, we're pretty pretty excited to be here. 
that's great news. Uh, so, like, so without getting too far ahead, let's talk. Let's talk about some of the short-term goals for the academy. What What are some of the short-term goals um, that you guys have in place moving forward from now? Look, the one of the shortest goals is to, like I was saying a little bit before, is the pro residency program we operate, we're opening in uh, in uh, South Florida. And uh, it's going to be a program where we're looking at to trying to find about 100 um, residents. It will be 50 girls open very exclusively only to 50 boys and 50 girls. Uh, the idea is to really work with them, develop them, nurture them. Uh, create three three teams, U14, U16, and U18. That's the main short-term goals as of now. All right. So um, do you guys plan on um, maybe like bringing the players over here or some of the coaches from from the top absolutely. team? Yeah. All I'm right. sorry to cut you off. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Yeah. We wouldn't be the PSG, or if not. <laughs> that That's would not true. make a difference of us. <laughs> but uh, yes, we're having the this summer, the pro girls team is coming. Mm-hmm. And uh, next year, it will be the boys' team. Uh, two years ago, we had the boys coming in. We had the girls also coming in. So, yes, uh, the idea now that we have this uh, magnificent campus USA here in Florida is to have the team come in, train here, and meet our academic uh, kids and players. All right, so what are you doing to, to attract kids to the program? Alors, uh, we're having a tryout. You can register mm-hmm. to some of our tryouts. We have several ones during the year. You can find all the information at PSGAcademyUSA.com. Great. And the idea is for everybody to come register the tryout, come see if anything gets evaluated with uh, a French, uh, European, and international methodology. See where you can stand at uh, your age group in terms of soccer with other kids, and particularly in Europe. And um, if you like the program and if you accept it in a program, then we can move forward and maybe have you become uh, one of our residents, very few of one uh, that will be chosen this year. Awesome. So well, what would you say to any kids that are interested in joining? What, what, what message do you have for any aspiring kids out there? That uh, to look at our webpage, to start uh, looking at us on social media, start following us. A lot of news are going to be coming, a lot of things. We have camps, we have clinics. Um, Be part of this beautiful uh, adventure. And and if your dream is to become an international soccer player, uh, come in and try your chance to uh, be part of our wonderful family, Piaget family, and join the team. As I said before and previously, register to our tryout. Everything is online. Follow us on social media, PSGAcademyUSA.com. Awesome. So what what attracted PSG to Miami or South Florida specifically? Is it, I know there's a lot of people here from all over the world, but what is it about South, the South Florida market that attracted PSG? Uh, the, uh, first, I will say the fact that uh, there's a lot of uh, talented players here due to uh, you know the fact that uh, there's so many uh, south american um, families so uh, soccer is part of their i would say dna yep. uh, so that was mainly the the first concern the second of all is it's a beautiful city an amazing city should you have your family moving here or would you like to want to send your uh, players and your kids to come to be resident here if miami is a pretty nice city to visit uh, the beach, 24, you know, 360 times a year that you have the sunshine. Oh, yeah. International airport, to international airport, easy to come in and out. So you came uh, when we're looking at uh, putting a residency 
program, he came to us um, as an evidence to come here. It's uh, it's really uh, for us uh, the center of the U.S. and uh, of Latin America. Great, All right? That's pretty much uh, what you know. The main reason why a lot of people like to come to Miami. <laughs> Absolutely, <Yeah. laughs> absolutely. That's why I'm here. That's why I came here. Exactly. All right. So let's uh, how, yourself. How long have you been with PSG? I've been here with PSG since five years, since the beginning. Oh, okay. Since uh, when we started a small academy and. Uh, I've grown, I had the chance to grow with the company. We're a company that uh, uh, I really love the vision. We're really here to work with players, to develop them, to give a chance to all these players to uh, that really would like to be professional and uh, to have a pass to Europe. Uh, that's what we're here for, to try to really give them access to maybe one day play in Europe. And uh, so, so it's a wonderful experience. Great. And what was your motivation to join PSG? Like, what, what excited you about this opportunity specifically? Um, but first of all, I'm French, so yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's my, my club. You know, I was, yeah. uh, was born and raised with a family that supported PSG all their life. I think I was wearing a PSG t-shirt before I could even work. Oh, wow. Walk. Who's your favorite player of all time, PSG? My favorite player? Yes. Uh, current will be Neymar. Okay. Best player in the world. We are very lucky to have him. Mm -hmm. And uh, past player, I would say I loved Beckham. Oh, okay. So <laughs> here's a little connection I want to make while I have you while I have you here with us. Um, there's been rumors of Cavani coming to Inter Miami. Is there anything to that? Do you know? Can you give us any insight? <laughs> No comment. Oh. <laughs> I will not say anything. Okay, okay. And even okay. if I knew, I don't think I will. Uh, I will tell you right away. But no comment. No All comment. Right. Okay. It's okay. a possibility, and uh, we never, you know, oh. life can be surprising sometimes. All right. Okay. That's good enough for me. <laughs> so, um, I I wanted to ask you. We we just celebrated. International Women's Day. So as a woman in the sports industry that's, you know, it's it's predominantly dominated by males, what are some of the challenges that you have faced and also what are some of the advantages that you feel that you've had being a woman in the sports industry? Alors, uh, it's a complicated and long story to try to make it short. Sure. Uh, I've always worked in the men's industry. I was in investment banking before, so men's world also. Okay. But I love sports and I got the opportunity um, Uh, when I met uh, the the owner of the franchise for the USA five years ago to um, to start and work here with PSG, um, the first thing was very diffic difficult to have people listen to me. People believe that a woman can you know know about soccer, that a woman can like soccer, and sometimes can uh, you know uh, know a little bit more than some men will. Uh, so that was the first challenge to try to get people to uh, understand and respect what I was saying. Mm -hmm. But at the meantime, uh, I will say one of the best things that happened to me was um, uh, to find some wonderful people in Miami, in Florida, along this adventure to um, to grow with me and to uh, to help me uh, develop and uh, that you know trusted us and. And uh, I met some very wonderful connection, and I met some very, very interesting people from all over the world here in the city. That's great. Have, have you actually been in touch with anybody who's been in your position before, like any women who have moved into the sports industry, and you have, have you asked them any questions or anything like that? Or is, is this your, you've been just like a pioneer, I guess, in, in your organization? 
Hello. When I started five years ago, to be honest with you, I was going to a lot of functions. Uh, I was going to a USL function summit. I went to coach convention in Chicago. Mm. But five, six years ago, I was one of the very few uh, women. And I'm seeing more and more women coming in. Um, I'm right. not sure what the positions are, but I think in all this function now, we see more and more uh, ladies, which I think is wonderful and fantastic. Yeah. And um, it's, a, it's, I think it's a growing industry for, for women for, for many reasons. Uh, I'm happy and uh, I hope it keeps going this way. Why not, you know? Uh, yeah, definitely. It's a, it's a sport like another. It's, um, I just love the sports and uh, I love the atmosphere. And I think something that uh, soccer brings to the world and to every community is, is um, that um, it gets people together. When you see uh, the World Cup, when you see the Euro Cup, when you see a uh, yeah. Champions League, um, you see all sort of people, uh, nationality, uh, um, every people from social background, different social background, everybody, you know, meet for their team and cheer their team. And, and I think soccer is one of the one of the only sports that really do that in the world. Great. I mean, you, you are seeing it in some other sports as well, like in the NBA, some there are some uh, female assistant yes. coaches. You know Becky Hammond with the sport with the Spurs, uh, even in the 49ers that they were just they just played in the Super Bowl. They have uh, they have a female coach on their squad as well. So it's great that we're seeing this. You know, I have nieces and I have a sister, and I want them to have the same opportunity that I had. You know, so it's great that this is happening for for women all across sports. And uh, I congratulate you on on your position, and I really hope I really wish you well. Is there anything else that you'd like to tell us before before we move on? No, uh, thank you so much for having us. I, uh, I really, really uh, wish that everybody can start following us on our social media and be part of this uh, wonderful and beautiful adventure. And uh, if you have a player or know anybody that uh, really dreams about becoming a soccer player in Europe, I really highly recommend and please recommend you to uh, stop and look at our webpage and start... Um, we uh, we have uh, a big office in Miami. We're more than welcome to uh, to try to uh, to give a chance to to develop uh, every single player and try to give him a pass to Europe if we can. Great. And where is it that that people can see you on social media? Where where do they follow you? Hello. We have a PSG Academy USA page. Okay. Okay. Voilà. On Instagram, Facebook, uh, we have a, a different entity, PSG. Uh, Florida also for mm -hmm. people from Florida. We have oh. a PSG in Los Angeles and of course the PSG uh, Paris. Uh, so a lot of uh, web page, a lot of news, a lot of pictures. Uh, um, you know, ici c'est Paris, like we say. Yeah. So <laughs> if you uh, if you have a little bit of attraction for soccer and we have wonderful players and you like Paris, you like uh, what you represent and the uh, wonderful brand and. We're coming very strong, and we're um, trying to develop the brand and get the awareness. So um, I hope to have uh, more and more followers and uh, hopefully uh, more and more people following us and, and sharing ideas with us. Great. Well, Isabel, um, thank you. Messi, on behalf of everybody here in South Florida, uh, I thank you for coming on the show. Wish you much luck, and thanks again. Thank you so much for having us, and I uh, hope to uh, to talk to you soon. Well, all right, Titi. I think that's I think that's good for today, man. What do you think? Anything you else? Show, you, you think the fans do? don't want no more, bro? Hey, fans, y'all want some more? Tweet at oh, us. Yeah, we'll hear some tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, man. I, I, I 
you know, you know, I love, you know, doing our show, Gus. I know, you know, we all have busy lives. Yeah. Fans don't understand the, you know, behind the voices. You know, we have a lot going on outside of sports, but, you know, we make it our mission to always give the fans a good, memory engaging podcast every time we get a chance to. And I think we did our job today as co-host. You are hands down the hardest working guy on the squad. You try to give it to me, you uh. are. I was telling somebody earlier today, man, that I just wish you could get your own, like you can not, you know, of course I want to be with you, but you should be able to have your own radio show just because you are going to be the most consistent, loyal, on-time person at that station. And uh, hopefully, you know, we can do our part to get you or get us uh, to be on the station, man. Yeah, Because what's us. the guy named, uh, what's the boy named, uh, the American Idol kid? Who, uh, oh, uh, Ferb. <laughs> Ferb, you know he won a, you know he won a Grammy. Nah. Really? Yeah. Wait, wait, I think I did see that. Yeah, he won. I think a, what, was it a Grammy, Grammy or, or the Emmy? One, like with the, the the horns, right? I think he won an Emmy. Emmy, that's what I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, Grammy, yeah. Emmy. I get those mixed up. He won an Emmy, bro. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, that's, ain't that's that's elite, right? Oh, I don't, yeah, I don't really know too much about award winning. No, that is that's elite, bro. That's elite. Our boy yeah, Ferb, bro. doing he's doing great that's, work, man. Shout hard. out. He works hard too, bro. Yeah, that kid works hard, man. Shout out to Ferb, bro. I, I wish yeah, I had his work ethic when I was his age, man. Hey, I know your name, Ferb. I was just being stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but yo, TDA, appreciate you, man. This is this. Lemon City is about us, bro. It's about all of us. Not about me. It's not about Edwin or you. It's yeah, about all of us. I agree, Gus. It's about us. At the same time, some people needs to get a light shine on the ass just because of you know you're a great person, man. You work hard, bro. I respect motherfuckers that work hard. I you know, everyone works hard too. Yeah, man. Oh yeah. Uh, but you, you, you are the only person in the squad that hasn't missed the radio show, bro. Well, that's because I'm the only one that knows how to record. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't even mean that. If you, if anybody else knows how to do it, you'll still be on the show, bro. So, more, uh, the fans understand this. You know, you have a great guy with Gustavo Fring. I call him Gustavo Fring. But we had a great show today, Gus, and I'm glad we was able to get it yeah, man. You know, done and get it to the fans. That's right, man. So, TD, man, shout out to you for uh, for joining me today. Shout out to Isabel Rue of PSG's uh, USA Soccer Academy for joining us today as well. And uh, episode 185, shout out to Magic City Casino for sponsoring us. All day. That's right, man. We'll see y'all next week. We out of here. I wrote a song about it, like the kid here go. Live every Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. Records played on Wednesday. <laughs> Lemon City. La, 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 la. I'm always happy to jump on with uh, my favorite Lemonheads.